Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of Unraveling Impulse. My name is Nisa and I basically talk about navigating life, um, more specifically navigating life at 40. And um, today's, today's a difficult one. I'm going to share something very personal, um, but something that I've been sort of dealing with or going through for the past almost two years now. Um, so today I'm going to be talking about navigating separation and divorce. Um, I am currently going through uh, the process of separation, uh, moving towards divorce. And um, yeah, it's been a really rough <laughs> um almost two years and um I mostly want to talk about sort of just like the the process behind it and like the the way I've been sort of managing it um so my ex and I we share we have a daughter we have a six-year-old a daughter named Naylin and how that sort of also obviously complicates things and you know just having to figure that all out so um my ex actually also doesn't live where i live we live in two separate countries so that's a whole other <laughs> um complication um I'm from Canada, so for those of you who don't know, I was born in Toronto, raised outside of Toronto, and he was born somewhere else. <laughs> so I don't want to get into like super, super details. Those of you who know, know. Um, but yeah, um, I think, so we met here in Canada, my ex and I, um, we were really young. I think I was 19 or 20. And, um, we started dating, um, soon after we met, it wasn't really that long. He was kind of like my first and only everything, you know, and we just gravitated towards each, towards each other and we were kind of inseparable and, um, eventually ended up getting married and after we got married, I actually left Canada um, and moved to be with him in London, England. And he was working there at the time. So I was there for two years. And then after London, we left and went back to his home country where I was for almost five years, I think. And during that time, we had a daughter um, she was born there and I think, um, you know, it was difficult for me to live there. Um, I just, it was, I, I just had a really tough time adapting and I'm probably going to cry, <laughs> but oh well, um, yeah, I had a really tough time adapting and um, I think there are things that I reflect on now that I feel like I could have done better. 
Um, and I think there are things that he could have done better. And I think ultimately, uh, we decided that maybe it was best that I move back to Canada, um, so that I could sort of realign myself because I just feel like, um, during my time there, I just was sort of losing touch with my own path, you know, like, I think that I, I think I poured, I think I depended on him to kind of make me happy, you know, like, and it wasn't fair, um, you know, sometimes when you're going through a life transition, you don't really realize the the pressure that you're putting on someone else and I think during that period of time I was kind of lost in a lot of ways not even just because we had moved there and I was adjusting to a different culture and um, a just a different way of life. It was also just me personally not really knowing what I wanted to do with my life. And I think because he was, his path was a little bit more clearer than mine. I kind of, I kind of just was like, I'm gonna find happiness through him you know, because it's like, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, and he does, so I'm gonna kind of, like, jump on his wave of, of, you know, clarity, and, and see where it takes me, and I didn't consciously do that, but in reflection, in hindsight, you know, that's what I was doing, which isn't really, it's not fair, it's a lot of, a lot of pressure to put on someone, um, it's a lot of pressure to put on someone to make you happy. Like, you you can't... That's not sustainable, and it's... Someone can't make you happy, you know? And... I... You know, it took me a while to really understand and see that that's something that I was doing. And... um you know, that's where I went wrong. Um, that's not the only, um, that wasn't like the only issue we had. That was one issue, but, um, I don't, I kind of, I talk about that because I want to kind of make it clear that, you know, there's no like villain in this story. We both had things, you know, that we could have done better in hindsight but ultimately you know I think what was happening was our lives were just really no longer aligning and you know at the end of the day you can't force someone to want to live a life that is not for them that you know is gonna eventually lead to some kind of resentment and I think, you know, I was starting to feel resentful being where he was because I was like, 
losing more and more of myself, you know, like, um, and I was trying to find myself through him and it was just not working, obviously, right? And it wasn't fair. And I think he um, was kind of tunnel vision in terms of like where he saw himself and I wasn't, I didn't always feel considered in that and you know we decided okay like at one point maybe just let's move back to Canada and um because maybe that will kind of help <laughs> uh with me sort of finding myself again and so I did I we I moved back he he was back and forth um and I the plan was really for him to join me here um but I think, you know, deep down, I sort of always felt that he didn't really want to be here. But, you know, you kind of push those things aside because you're hopeful. And um, yeah, I moved back here with our daughter and um, I started to kind of like slowly put the pieces of my life back together so when I was living um in his country I had worked for a little bit I, I worked for about like a year before I got pregnant um with Naylin and then after I had her I stopped working um and I stayed with her and so by the time I moved back here, I was kind of like, there was a gap in my resume because I hadn't worked for, I think it was like, what, three years by the time I actually got my job, my first job after having her. Um, and so that was, that was tough because when you have a gap in your resume, um, people look at that, you know, and they're wondering why. And so that was like an obstacle I had to overcome. Um, my career path was kind of not linear at all. I've sort of like kind of jumped around from different industries, different like jobs. So there was no real like, um, you know, linear pathway in terms of what I was doing career wise. So that was also a bit of a challenge. Um, and, but, you know, despite all of that stuff, like I eventually did get my foot in the door with, um, a small nonprofit, um, things were kind of chugging along slowly for me. Um, he was still kind of traveling back and forth and it just eventually got to a point where it's like, you had to to just acknowledge like look this person doesn't want to be here you know like they're doing well where they are and um we had to have that conversation and um initially it was difficult because um I did blame him a little bit you know like I felt like you know I I sacrificed for you moving to you know two different countries with you and and now you can't do that for me and but after a while like it doesn't even matter anymore because at the end of the day I I wouldn't want 
someone to be where they don't want to be. You know what I mean? Like, what kind of life is that? Um, because I had experienced it. <laughs> I was where I didn't want to be and I, I didn't like it. And I'm not going to put that on that person either. You know what I mean? And as much as we, as much as marriage is, I guess, supposed to be about like sacrifice and you know, putting your family first. Ultimately, I don't think you can put your family first if you're putting yourself last. And I would personally never want to be in a situation where someone is giving up a part of themselves to make a marriage work um and I was doing that um and so I kind of knew that like no I I don't want that you know I don't want the resentment to then be on the other side where this person now is done moved here doesn't really want to be here um and is feeling resentful of that so we really just had to come to terms with the fact that our lives were just no longer aligning um we just wanted different things there were other issues but um that was like other issues but that being the really the central thing and so here we are um so this happened right before the pandemic we weren't really a pandemic (laughs) divorce like you know how everyone's making jokes about all these divorces happening during the pandemic we weren't we weren't officially a pandemic divorce we actually decided to kind of separate um, a couple months before uh, the pandemic hit um which made it worse in a way because it's kind of like you're dealing with the blow of your marriage ending and then all of a sudden you're like thrown into this you know crazy whirlwind of um of covid and all that that comes with you know so yeah that was that's essentially been so that was like yeah so we kind of part decided that we were gonna like part ways in 2000 the end of 2019 like December um and so yeah I've just been like since that time since the end of 2019 I've literally been in a space of just processing everything um and really doing a lot of introspection and self-reflecting and going through moments where I feel like I'm going to be okay and other moments where I just feel like I'm drowning in grief and um, fear and uncertainty Um, and one of the biggest um, factors is obviously our daughter and um how how to how to approach it with her like what are we gonna do how are we gonna tell her she was still 
only five at the time. And um, we decided, like, you know, we weren't going to say anything um, in the beginning because it was just still all new. And I'm really glad that we didn't rush to tell her in the beginning because I think, you know, we were both still figuring things out for ourselves as well. Um, but yeah, like it was, it was something that like, I think for both of us, we were really, really dreading. Um, I will say that, you know, like my ex and I, we actually, we quarantined together. So when the pandemic hit, he came and he stayed with us, um, you know, for some several months, um, uh, being able to work remotely it was like really helpful in that way and so it was hard obviously for us because it's like you're going through this and then you're having to share space and you know kind of like be as normal as possible for your kid and all that stuff so I'm not gonna say it was like you know the easiest thing but we made it work you know um the one thing I will say about my ex and I is like we're friends <laughs> um we honestly we generally get along um we do have differences obviously like it's not like it's whatever some kind of picture perfect like uncoupling <laughs> whatever scenario but for the most part like we we get along um, and we are not cantankerous people. We're not <laughs> like, um, you know, out here out for blood and malicious and all this stuff. Like not, not all breakups or marriages coming to end are, to an end are about that. And that's something that I want to share as well is that it doesn't have to be that. And even with, even within the disagreements that we have that we still have things that we don't see eye to eye on we always come together for our daughter um and we still talk you know um we try to talk through as much of the things that are going through our heads or that we're dealing with as possible I tend to kind of lead those discussions or or put those discussions on the table because obviously hello I'm the more <laughs> well I guess not hello because people don't know his personality but you know I tend to be more of that the person who will say let's talk about this you know um and we kind of have those discussions but it's 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 pretty amicable you know like we're 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 friendly we're friends we are a team for Nalen like that is one thing that we will always be um so as difficult as this is like it is comforting to know that we still have um a friendship and that we agree for the most part as far as our daughter is concerned um it definitely helps this process for sure but yeah um <clears throat> I um we ended up telling Nalen our daughter um finally this past summer um we I kind of felt like okay I mean it's been a year now <laughs> let's 
she's older. She's like, you know, six and a half. I think she can, she's mature for her age. Let's just like, it's time to have the conversation. And we, we both sat with her and told her together and it was really tough. It was difficult. I still think there are things that she doesn't fully grasp or maybe in her little mind, like she's, she's coping in her own way with understanding what's happening, but you know, it was hard, but we got through it. And, you know, um, I'm so glad I was so proud of us for having that conversation with her and for um, just finally telling her because it it just takes that extra layer of pressure off, um, you know, because it was like a cloud hanging over my head for like since we decided to divorce it was like oh gosh how are we gonna tell Nalyn how are we gonna deal with it so being able to finally sit down and have the conversation with her was such a relief um, I think for both of us and it also kind of like gave us more closure in terms of our relationship like okay like it's really we're really moving forward with this you know um So, yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with this, guys. I'm just sort of talking because um, it's been such a... I don't want to say it's a chaotic process, but anyone who goes through divorce or goes through a breakup, like, it's a messy process, you know? Um, In terms of the way that you manage your emotions, in terms of you know how you process everything it can be really messy um I'm for the most part on the other side of it now like I think initially when we first first broke up like there was a lot of blaming there was a lot of externalizing my feelings about stuff like oh you didn't want to be with us you didn't want to but I've just gotten to the point now where it's just sort of like but do you want someone to be here who doesn't want to do you want you know doesn't want to be here like wouldn't it be better for both parents to sort of be in spaces where they're at their most mentally healthy or feel they're most content and can parent from that that space as opposed to a space of resentment And so, you know, I'm still working through stuff. Like, I'm still, like, even in terms of not even just the external, the externalizing of the, like, blame game. Like, you know, I've also been blaming myself, like, you know, working on forgiving myself for a lot of things. Like, you know, as I shared before, there were definitely things that I felt that contributed to to the breakdown of the marriage as well um and so just working on forgiving myself for those things and then even outside of that forgiving myself for I guess like the hardest part of all of this is sort of like I felt like I abandoned myself you know like I just (laughs) that's been the hardest part of this is like rebuilding my life and sort of getting 
my own career or whatever you want to call it back on track has probably been the most difficult part of this whole process because it just really highlighted how how much of myself I had I guess how much of myself I had sort of let disappear or something I don't I don't know I don't know how to articulate it but it's like I was still me I was still growing and evolving in different ways but I don't know um that was like my biggest lesson um in all of this was really just um other people can't make you happy guys (laughs) Um, and it's not fair to them and it's not fair to yourself. And so, yeah, that's probably been the hardest part of this for me is self-forgiveness more than even forgiving the other person. Like, (laughs) I don't even, I don't really, really hold that much blame anymore. Um, and yeah, at this point I'm just more interested in moving forward like at some point that that shit just doesn't matter anymore you know um yeah so one of the uh books that I read during like I think I read it last when did I read it I read it last year And it really helped me process, uh, well, I wouldn't say process, but it just like, it encouraged me, um, because, um, it was a memoir. Um, if you guys haven't read Untamed by Glennon Doyle, I really, especially if you're like a woman moving into her forties or in her forties and it's just so good. Um, like, uh, like that woman can write her ass off. It was just one of my favorite memoirs I've ever read and it was just so timely because she kind of spoke about going through you know her own divorce in and the, the end of her marriage and kind of rebuilding her life she talks about other things too but yeah um so you know I I love quotes I love <laughs> I love sharing other people's words Um, Because other people's words often, you know, make me feel heard, you know, like sometimes I'll read something and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes, that's exactly how I feel. Or I just love the way they articulated that. Sometimes you don't know how to articulate something and someone else does and it just like hits you right where it needs to. And so that's why I, I just, I love quotes. I love I love reading other people's words and sharing other people's words because um, they just, they mean a lot when at times I can't find the words myself. Um, So anyway, um, I wanted to share a couple of um, quotes from, from Glennon's book Untamed that really speak to how I'm trying to process all of this um 
And yeah. Um, okay, so the first one that I want to share is what I thought would kill me didn't. Every time I said to myself, I can't take this anymore, I was wrong. The truth was that I could and did take it all, and I kept surviving. Surviving again and again made me less afraid of myself, of other people, of life. I learned that I'd never be free from pain, but I could be free from fear of pain, and that was enough. I love that quote because honestly, that's how I felt. That's how I felt, and I don't feel so much that way anymore now that I'm kind of like almost two years into this process. But like initially, when you know we decided to separate and divorce, I was so scared. I was. So there were so many times where I'm just like, maybe like we can figure it out. Like I didn't want to go through with it. Um, I just, I didn't know like the grief and the mourning was, was so much emotionally. And I didn't know how, you know, I was going to move past it, but then you do, um, like you do you just keep surviving and I think also when you have a kid as difficult as it is to sort of like go through the process of grief um, and sort of like be there for someone else and sort of put on a brave face for someone else there was the this other side of it that actually helped me you know like she my daughter like she distracted me in a lot of ways she she got me out of my head you know um and I really just held on to those moments because they allowed me to keep going um and I honestly allowed myself to just sit with the grief um I didn't try to force myself to like not feel the feelings. I just I just felt them. Like sometimes I would just drive to work and just be crying to work on on the way to work, you know. Um and then I'd get to the office, pull myself together for like the day and then cry back on my way home from work. Um and then I'd pull myself together for 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 nailing and um that was that was it for a while and initially I remember like I couldn't I couldn't even like watch anything to like I would just sit and watch like really mindless shows like the real housewives and like the fresh prince like anything to sort of like keep me out of heaviness you know like anything light and that didn't require too much um too much thinking um and I did that and I just let myself do that um until eventually I could watch shows that you know that weren't so frivolous even though I you know even though there's nothing wrong with those shows I still watch them but like I just you know it just got me through the rough the really rough part where you just don't know how you're gonna ever move past the feelings of grief um but yeah I just allowed myself to feel the things I felt all the things and 
it really didn't kill me, you know, like I just somehow kept going. Um, and even though I'm emotional in this, <laughs> like, as I'm talking to you guys, it's not, it's just because you never really stop grieving. Um, I think it gets easier. You don't necessarily like, uh, it's not that you want the relationship back, but you just, you still miss aspects of it. You miss what was, um, and yeah. And I think that's the thing about loss, um, is that it creeps up on you, you know, like it, it still creeps up on you and it's okay. Um, but yeah, the, another quote I wanted to share what is, um, Glennon says in her memoir Untamed, I quit buying the idea that a successful marriage is one that lasts till death, even if one or both spouses are dying inside it. I decided before I ever vowed myself to another person, I take this vow myself. I'll not abandon myself, not ever again. Me and myself, we are till death do us part. We'll forsake all others to remain whole. I unbecame a woman who believed that another would complete me when I decided that I was born complete. And like, yeah, <laughs> uh, I just, I effing love that quote because exactly, Glennon, <laughs> you know, I, I have made that vow to myself to never abandon myself again. And, um, yeah. Um, I don't know what to say about that. As I, I, I kind of told you guys before that, you know, a big part of what I felt I did wrong was really just relying on, on him to make me happy or to fill whatever void, you know, um, and never again, you know, I'm proud of myself for, realizing and being able to acknowledge and take accountability for the for my for that what I did in that area and and for you know holding myself responsible for my own happiness um because that is that's it's so important you just you can't and that's like the one of the biggest lessons um, there were many lessons, but that's one of the biggest ones that stand out for me in all of this. Um, what else? Mothers have martyred themselves. This is another quote by from Glenn. And like I, I have when I was reading the book, I had my little notes, um, my my notes in my phone, and I just would be like writing all of these. Like I just I loved it so much. But anyway, this is another quote from her. Mothers have martyred themselves in their children's name since the beginning of time. We have lived as if who, 
as if she who disappears the most loves the most, we have been conditioned to prove our love by slowly ceasing to exist. And I love that as well because, you know, I, I, I feel like I would do anything to sort of like, you know, keep my daughter happy. You know, I often considered like, no, I'm going to keep trying, <laughs> we'll keep trying to make this work you know be for nay for nay but eventually it's just not enough because it's not working for for me like I'm we're not happy and so we're not creating a happy environment for her or as happy as it could be and I just at some point I think like even the whole martyr thing you know aside from even just like martyring yourself for your children just even martyring yourself in general, it's just not a good look, (laughs) you know, and I, I, you know, I, I, again, I used to sit there and be like, oh, but I moved for you, I did this for you, and it's like, okay, but you decided to do that, and as much as you want this person to recognize the sacrifice and all this stuff, at what point is it sort of like you just, take responsibility for the fact that you made that decision you know like there wasn't really a gun being held to your head like yes I did that thing yes I feel like it made life easier for us to do that for me to do that and you know maybe there are ways in which I felt like it could have been appreciated more for sure but after a while it's sort of like who's winning in me expressing this you know what I mean like at some point you just have to take charge of your own self and be like you know I'm done (laughs) like wishing to be like appreciated or whatever I want for for making this sacrifice um it's time for me to just live my life for myself um and that's what I'm trying to do now, guys. Um, I'm really working on putting myself first, but not in not in a way of like that I wasn't able to before. Like I said, I think before I was really just trying to hide behind him because I didn't know how to find my own happiness. Um, so I'm putting myself first in making myself responsible for not really just it's not even finding happiness like I hate that term as if like it's a destination I mean it's not happiness isn't really a destination it's like a part of our experience we experience all different things but I think just in finding that place of feeling you know some semblance of peace with my path and feeling like what I'm doing is satisfying to you know um, to a degree. So yeah. Um, anyway, guys, I think I'm going to leave it there. Um, take from whatever that was, (laughs) what you will. Um, yeah, I just wanted to share it. Um, I'm, I'm actually doing well. Um, (laughs) Uh, it's been like I said it's this has been like a almost two-year process at this point so um 
you know, I've had a lot of time to kind of to manage all of these emotions and process all of it. Like I said, you know, just because you've had that time, it doesn't mean you're still not feeling things. You're still not going through things like I totally am. But I'm not, you know, in some funk about it. It's just part of par for the course, you know. Um, I have great days. I have some not so great days. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, life is all in all still good. Um, And I honestly feel relief, Um, you know, like... I think there's this misconception that when you release, like when you let go of something, when a relationship comes to an end, in this case, that, you know, it's sad. Um, And it is sad, but it's like, I don't, I don't view it as a failure. Like I don't view my marriage. I don't view my relationship as a failure I just view it as a chapter that is now coming to an end um it did what it needed to do it served us um it served us during uh, a time in our lives where it needed to serve us it taught us lessons that we needed to learn um it brought us a beautiful girl uh and I don't regret any of it I I really don't and um I don't view it as a failure I um there was a lot of good you know and yeah the chapter is just it's come to an end now anyway Thanks for listening and the next one won't be so emotional. (laughs) Take care. Bye.